Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One of the many things you learned in Coast Guard boot camp was that you never walk between a company commander and his or her company. To do so would mean you were in a fuckload of trouble. I knew this. Gonzo, the Coast Guard years, boot camp, episode 10. What do these look like? And graduation. It's Friday morning, the day before off base liberty. And it's our second day at the range. I had gone to dental to get my cavity filled. And then I was off to meet Victor Company at the range. Today was the day we were qualifying on the 45. On my way back from dental, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I had to cross the street to get back to Healy Hall. Except this time, I did turn right down the sidewalk instead of running to the left. I had to make the turn at the end of the sidewalk, make another left. Healy Hall was also to my left. Although I wasn't headed to Healy Hall, the route to the range was straight towards Honor Hall. Honor Hall was across the parade field opposite Healy Hall. You know, Fridays in Cape May were usually the first morning a company had with their company commander. It's usually filled with lots of anxiety and stress, to say the least. Outside of Honor Hall was a new company, and this was their first morning with their company commander. This particular company was a little unique, at least compared to Victor Company, because they had a female company commander. To this point, I had only encountered male company commander, so she was definitely unique. I don't remember her rank, but I'm pretty sure she was a chief, which meant she wasn't to be fucked with, in addition to being a company commander, that is. As with all company commanders, it's important to establish clear lines of authority with the company you were in charge of. So as it happens, today, I got to help out with that. Albeit, I was an unwilling participant. As I was running down the sidewalk along the short side of the parade field from Healy Hall and towards Honor Hall, I saw the new company out in formation. I could hear their company commander talking to them. You know, it seems that whenever a company commander is talking, they always seem to be shouting. It really must be hard on their voices, which is probably why they don't do companies back-to-back. Or at least, that was my understanding. As I made my turn left to head down the long side of the parade field, I saw that if I didn't alter my course, I would pass right in front of the company commander and in between her company. I think they were Bravo or Charlie Company, but I'm going to go Bravo Company here. My apologize to the members of the company I'm referring to if I got your company name wrong. I believe whichever their name was, I think they had moved to 127 as opposed to 126. So I think they were Bravo 127. 
which really doesn't sound all that cool, but it's all good. Not nearly as cool as Victor126. I'm not even sure if this company was even out on the parade field from the previous night, but they could have been. If they were, they hadn't a clue it was because of me. Yet here I was. One of the many things you learn in Coast Guard boot camp was that you never walk between a company commander and his or her company. To do so would mean you were in a fuckload of trouble. I knew this. So as I turned left, I slowed from running to a walk, saluted the company commander, offered the morning greeting. Ma'am, good morning, ma'am. Tried to steer my way behind her, and as I'm walking and saluting, this company commander started walking backwards from her company, increasing the distance between her and the company. My effort to avoid going between the company commander and her company was failing miserably. As I was continuing to walk, waiting for her to return my salute, I walked right between her and her company. I knew what was about to happen. I knew I was about to be the example for the new Bravo company. You know, sometimes you just got to take one for the team. It wasn't too long after I got between her and the company that I heard those ever so familiar words. Get down! And down I went. It was just moments later she called out, Begin! Well, so I began. This is where my additional troubles began. Sir one, sir! Sir two! And before I could finish the sir sandwich, she yelled, Stop! She came up to me real close, like within a foot. Her knees were at eye level for just a moment. I mean, I'm down in the push-up position, she, her knees would be right there. She squatted down so she was nearly eye to eye with me. She pointed to her chest and then tugged at her jacket and very loudly asked, What do these look like? I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, they're breasts, of course. Well, so was I, but I was at a loss of words. It was one of those moments that I felt like anything I said was going to get me into more trouble. So I said what most of us would say when you have nothing but bad choices. I just said, um... Thankfully, she bailed me out for making a bigger mistake. She just said, begin and get it right. So I started yelling, ma'am one, ma'am, ma'am two, ma'am, ma'am three, ma'am, and so on till I got to 20. At which time she told me to stop and get up. I stood there at attention while she informed her company of the no-no I had committed, which was walking between her and her company. Of course, she failed to mention that she initiated the conditions that made it all possible. She yelled at me to carry on. I replied, ma'am, yes, ma'am, and I ran like hell. I do remember smiling for just a bit when I ran. I knew I was being used as an example. It is true. Karma is a motherfucker. I eventually made my way to the range. 45 range instruction and qualification was much the same as M16 day, except that I was shooting with my right hand this time and I was using a pistol, not an M16. The range instructors there actually gave me a pair of glasses that had like sort of an eye patch thing on it so I could sight out of my right eye instead of my left. I was like a pirate gunslinger. My problem was that I couldn't hit shit. I mean, I really sucked at shooting. They had noted that I was using something they referred to as Kentucky windage, which is to say that I knew I had a repeatable problem on how I shot and I aimed appropriately to compensate for it. The range instructors were not digging this at all and made sure I knew it. So the moral of the story is I failed on the 45, which really sucked. I didn't qualify. 
it's all good. Wasn't too long after that that I had a whole different set of range instructors when I got out into the fleet. They were way more patient and honestly less arrogant, which is not saying much. Most gunners mates that I met in the Coast Guard were all pretty arrogant, at least when they were in their element. But as a general rule, they were all pretty arrogant and cocky as hell. But that didn't change the fact that I really wasn't good with the pistol. But like most things, practice makes perfect. We marched back to Healy Hall, or maybe one of those other classes that we had to do before we left boot camp. I'm not entirely sure anyone was really caring at this point. We had just one weekend left, less than a week before we were off to our first duty station. Before boot camp, I had also arranged for something what they call permissive orders. I don't know exactly what that meant, but what it meant to me was that I got an extra seven days of leave before heading to my first duty station. I was going to be heading to the Coast Guard recruiting office, the very place where I signed up for this little adventure. I was also there that I was going to run into one of the boots from the company that was right behind Victor Company, or as I think it was the company right behind ours, which would have made it Whiskey Company. Whiskey 126. Anyway, I met this dude a couple more times after the permissive orders thing, but that's, that's much more on him later. Saturday morning eventually came around as it always does. Well, unless you're like an animal of some kind. I mean, do they really know what day of the week it is? Doesn't your dog or cat just wake up and say, oh, it's Saturday? Maybe they do. Although, I'll leave that up to the dog whisperer to answer. I have no idea. We were formed up outside. It was cloudy, overcast that day. We had received the normal sort of inspection and told the rules of off-base liberty, as well as all the fun threats and stuff that would happen if we got into trouble. They like to say it's not too late to get reverted. We were dismissed. We were all heading towards the front gate of the base. We hadn't been off base since the day we arrived. I remember feeling like we were going to get in trouble for leaving. However, there was a fleet of like minivan taxis outside waiting for us. I recall not knowing exactly what the plan was or where we were going. I just hopped in and sort of went with the flow. I really hadn't been paying attention and wasn't sure where everyone decided that we were going to be going. We did end up in some motel. I'm not sure exactly where it was, but I'm pretty sure we were in an area called Wildwood, New Jersey. There's like a big, huge boardwalk at Wildwood. I've never been there except for that one time in Coast Guard boot camp, so I don't know anything about it. I remember the weather was crappy. There was barely any sun out. The air was damp. It was just yucky outside. But being away from the base was a great way to just sort of relax and breathe a little bit. Let our hair down if we hadn't any. It all seemed like kind of a blur. I remember walking around Wildwood. I don't know what I actually did. We went back to the motel. I ended up in a room with Bowser and Morrissey. And I think someone else, but I don't remember who that person was. I don't even remember if we had been drinking. But I do remember one of the female recruits who knocked on our door. This particular one struck me as being a bit of a skanky one. At least from the first time I even met her, I thought she was skanky. The fact that she even showed up at our room drunk and half-dressed really didn't change my point of view at all. I remember one of the times she was on the second floor in our barracks. She was one of the older recruits. She was in her 20s. And as far as recruits go, she was older. She had had a baby sometime before coming to Cape May. She liked to show the dudes that would pay any attention to her, her stretch marks. Her stretch marks. I remember wanting to hurl at the sight of it. I was 19. Oh, did I forget to mention? I had turned 19. I had my 19th birthday while I was at boot camp. 
Yay, me. I even remember her telling one of the recruits, a guy, we'll just call him Cyrus. Cyrus was actually prior army. Normally, prior military undergo a different type of training at Coast Guard boot camp. At least in 1987, they did. It was called, get it, prior military training, or I think that's what it was. They would learn Coast Guard terminology, basically how stuff works in the Coast Guard and how it differs from the other military services. Most was a lot of classroom work. Maybe they had to pass the same physical fitness test we did. I, I don't know if they did or not. But anyway, they had an abbreviated version of Coast Guard boot camp without all the stress of getting yelled at. So, Skanky Girl was telling Cyrus that she was once told by some Greek fellas that her stretch marks were sexy or something like that. It meant she was a woman or some shit. I'm thinking, they were just trying to get into your pants. And why the hell was she showing these Greek dudes her stretch marks? And what the hell difference does it make that these guys were Greek? I mean, they could have been from Athens, Georgia, for all you know. See what I did there? Greek, Athens, Georgia. Anyway, okay. By the way, a really great band comes from Athens, Georgia, R.A.M. So back in the motel room, Skanky was asking if we had any beer or cigarettes. I don't think we had any of what she wanted. She gave us a bunch of grief for being boring or that we needed to have fun. Bowser, Morrissey, and I were just 18 or 19. We couldn't even buy beer. And since none of us smoked, we didn't have any cigarettes. All in all, off-base liberties where I got to kick up my feet, talk smack with my fellow recruits, and not worry about someone coming in and shaking us down. It was overall pretty uneventful for me, and for the most part, the whole company as well. I mean, I don't think anyone got in trouble. The next day came, and we were back at the barracks. I have no clue how we got back to the barracks. I assume it was one of those minivan-type taxis that got us back. Now that I think about it, that might have been the very first time I'd ever been in a taxi. I mean. Yeah, Coast Guard was a bunch of firsts, and riding in a taxi for the first time was one of them. At least, the first time I'd been in a taxi that I remember. The next few days were a complete mystery to me. I mean, I just don't remember what happened. But Tuesday evening came along. It was the night before graduation day. SS1 Spaghetti was the training duty officer. He would randomly come in the squad bay after our company commander had gone for the evening. He'd come in and crank us, nothing serious. At this point, it was really all in fun, and we all knew it. He would come in, dispense some advice to us, talk to us about what to expect at our first duty stations, things people would say to trip us up, practical jokes people would pull on us just because we were boots. Speaking of which, boots are like brand new coasties, people right out of boot camp. It's not a very kind nickname to give somebody, but all newbies got called a boot usually used in derogatory terms or sentences like, Hey, Boot, get the fuck over here. Boot, you need to do your rounds and pick up trash. Seriously? I'm stuck with a boot as a roommate? And yes, all those three sentences were used and directed at me. At least once or twice or 16 times, who knows. Every time I saw SS1 Spaghetti, I was sure he would figure out that I was the crew that ran away from the Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Wolfpack. I mean, if he did know, he never told anybody it was me or let on that he knew it was me. Either way, I'm glad he never said anything. I don't know if I would have fared so well if I had to go through another night of fun with Gonzo. That just would have been miserable. As the evening came, we were all saying goodbyes, well wishes. SS1 had cranked us one more time before lights were out, and we were all excited about it. There was a bell outside in the parade field that we were explicitly told by our company commander we were not allowed to ring it. The companies before us, however, would sneak out at night and ring the bell. It was sort of a way to celebrate and for all the other recruits to know that you and your company had made it. Except bosun mate Chief Ho made it clear there would be hell to pay if someone went out there and rang that bell. So obviously, someone in fact did do exactly that. No, it wasn't me, but I did hold the door at the back of the squaw bay to allow someone else to run down the fire escape, run outside, and ring the bell. After the recruiter rang the bell, ran back up these flight of concrete steps in his bare feet, it occurred to me, if anyone came in the squad bay, he was fucked. He had left a nice long trail of, like, mud and wet spots all along the floor back to his rack. I mean, it was muddy outside, damp, whatnot, so it was pretty miserable. But nothing happened. Nothing at all. Not a fucking thing happened. Although, during the evening, one of the recruits, well, most of the recruits snored a lot. This dude, on the other hand, snored super loud. On our last evening, someone decided they were going to tape him into his rack and then put a piece of tape across his forehead that read gear adrift. I'm not even sure how that was funny, but it really was funny as hell to the rest of us. I mean, this dude slept so hard he didn't know any of this was going on. It was all fun. It was all funny. Up until the point one of the firewatch dudes came strolling through the squad bay, saw the dude with tape on his uh, forehead and tape to his rack, 
the Firewatch guy decided he was going to notify the TDO who came into the squad bay. The lights came on sometime after midnight. SS-1 Spaghetti is yelling, touch it up, Derek. We all jumped out of our racks except for Mr. Gear Adrift, who wasn't able to get up. He was stuck in his rack. We got scolded for doing something stupid and apparently dangerous. I mean, if there was an actual emergency, Mr. Gear Adrift was fucked. Although most of us, at least for me, couldn't help but laugh. On the inside, that is. Because if, uh, I'm sure I was smiling though. A few of the recruits untaped Mr. Gear Adrift. SS1 left. And then we just all started laughing out loud. It, it, it really was funny. And the, and the recruit that was taped up, he took it pretty well, I remember. The rest of the evening was pretty uneventful. It was 5 a.m. The lights came on. We heard the SS1 screaming for us to get out of our racks. He had tossed the metal trash can down the middle of the squad bay, yelling to get down and begin. We all shouted at the top of our lungs as we counted, Sir 1, Sir! Sir 2, Sir! And so on. He yelled for us to stop, and then he kept yelling at us. Yelling congratulations, telling us how awesome it was that we made it, and how proud he was of us, how proud our company commander was of us, how proud our families would be of us, and most of all, that we should be proud of ourselves and each other. I admit, it was kind of a cool feeling. I mean, most of us that arrived together were leaving together. We did have a few folks that were reverted out, but we did pick up a few along the way. But for the most part, Victor Company was leaving fairly well intact. We all got dressed. I don't even know if we went to breakfast. I do remember we started packing all of our gear into those giant green condoms, you know, our sea bags. Graduation was later on that morning. I'm not entirely sure exactly what time it was. But what I do remember is that things got a little tense on the base uh, not too long before graduation was supposed to start. Bosun Mate Chief Ho would come into the squad bay. We had all jumped to attention. He was looking for a particular recruit. Don't remember that recruit's last name, but I feel like his first name was Andrew. The company commander had gone up to Andrew, and then Andrew had a small chat with the company commander, and then the company commander went away. We had no idea what was going on. Andrew wouldn't say anything. But we all quickly sort of forgot we were occupied with our own business of getting ready to graduate. I remember that we were allowed to walk around the base. I was heading toward the exchange before graduation. I saw my family outside looking around and pointing at the other recruits that they saw. I was pretty sure I knew what they were doing. I was pretty sure they were making jokes at the expense of the other recruits. It's all good. I don't think anyone would have gotten offended or, or even would have cared at that point. One of the recruits from Victor Company came up to me before I even got to my family. He said, is that your family? And I'm like, yeah. Well, I heard them and they were pointing at one of us and said, look at the ears on those guys. I just knew that was your family, dude. At the time, I wasn't sure if I should be insulted or what, but it was no denying that was definitely my family. Eventually, I did meet my family over by the exchange. It was a good moment. Got to hug everybody. I was glad they had come, but also glad because they were my ride home back to Virginia. I chatted a bit with my mom and dad. My younger brother and sister had also come. My older brother was still away at Great Lakes, Illinois for Navy Electronics School, so he couldn't be there. I ran off back to the barracks after chatting with my family, happy they had come, and I was happy that I had made it. All the yelling, 
IT ninja, cranking, cleaning bathrooms aside, boot camp seemed at that moment a breeze. When it's all done, I mean, it just seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal. But I get it. That's part of the whole deal about boot camp. All of a sudden, you're a lot more confident and proud of your accomplishments. It's kind of a cool feeling. Really, it is. Victor Company had returned to Healy Hall. We were about an hour before we were going to be Training Center Cape May Coast Guard Boot Camp graduates. Victor Company had formed up outside, outside of Healy Hall for the last time. Our company commander had come up to us giving a pretty moving speech and pep talk. I remember it was kind of nice, even though I don't remember much of what he said, but he was, he, was, he was pretty cool about it. Again, we're all feeling proud of ourselves. We had all done something that I think at one point or another, we doubted ourselves. I was sure I wasn't going to make it, or I doubted that I'd make it, but we all had our answer. We had made it. It was the best thing we'd heard all day. Well, almost the best thing. The best thing came later. At this point, nothing was going to screw up the mood I was in. The particular feeling of, I'm graduating. It's awesome. This is great. This is one of the most stressful things in my entire life. Nothing can screw it up. Nothing but the goddamn company song we had. Holy shit, it was terrible. I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember it sucked. I do remember a little bit of it. And it went like this. Yes, I do remember some of it. Shut up. Stop laughing. Here we go. It goes like this. Victor, Victor, one, two, six. Number one on Kate May's list. Sophisticated and unique. Forever strong and never weak. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 Something like that. Sophisticated and unique? What? What? I have no idea what that meant. Sophisticated and unique. God, I hated that song. Man, it was the worst. As we marched to the gym where graduation was being held, we all noticed that there was a really large flag with three stars on it on the flagpole alongside the U.S. and the Coast Guard flag. We hadn't seen that before. We weren't sure what it was. I just assumed it was a thing they did for graduation. We get to the gym, they're playing music, you know, sort of like Coast Guardy, you know, music, I don't know. We're marching in, we see all of the faces of our family and friends, they're all in the bleachers, everyone's smiling, even the bosun mate Chief Ho is smiling. That dude rarely smiled. I mean, he never smiled in my direction at least. Though, I wonder, the night that he cranked me nearly to death, I, I, mean, I wonder if he was smiling that night. I, I, I don't know. It's like the Tootsie Roll pop. The world may never know. We were all formed up. We could see everyone clearly in the stands now. The ceremony was about to start. Everyone stood for the national anthem. It started playing. And then I saw it. Or I said, rather, I saw him. The person that had caused the whole base to go on edge. Standing in the bleachers was an admiral. An old dude. He was like, 80 or something like that. I mean, he may not have been 80. I mean, he was old, though. I mean, I was 19. I thought anyone in the 30s was old. So this guy was like ancient, but he was in an admiral's uniform. He stood, he saluted while the anthem played. I'm thinking, well, that's odd. Okay, that's, well, I don't know. Why is he even here? It's all good. I was leaving, and tomorrow was Thanksgiving, so Victor Company had a lot to be thankful for. At least right then and there, we did. 
The base captain had a few words. A few other people said some stuff. They, they said all those things that you normally hear, like graduation-type ceremonies. I mean, it was all really nice sort of stuff. One of the last things they said to us was, we wish you fair winds and following seas. It was really how they said good luck. I would later learn, albeit the hard way, the Coast Guard rarely ever shows up when it's fair winds and following seas. The Coast Guard shows up when the weather is at its worst. The strong winds, hurricane, tropical winds, the seas are miserable. Yes, I got to live in those at some point, but it's what the Coast Guard does. We go out when everyone else is running away. We, it's, it's kind of an interesting little tale. At some point, the base captain proclaimed us graduates. Bosun mate Chief Ho, for the last time, called out to us. And this was the best thing we heard that day. Victor Company dismissed. And like that, it was all over. We all went up to our families. Some people didn't have anyone there, so they kind of walked around aimlessly. I met the families of some of the other recruits. It was really cool. It was like a big, huge hallmark moment. Lots of hugging, tears of joy, and all that mess. All that remained was one last trip to Healy Hall to grab my sea bag. Getting to the squad bay was weird, mostly because I had to force myself not to square the corners and walk like a normal person. It's weird that after almost eight weeks of conditioning, just how your body just does stuff, like, automatically. The squad bay was filled with recruits running around. It was all chaotic, last-minute packing. Our company commander had walked in. No one jumped to attention. He went up to Andrew and jokingly mentioned that in the future, if his grandfather visits another Coast Guard base in uniform, Andrew should probably notify the base that, in fact, his grandfather was coming. As it turns out, Andrew's grandfather was a three-star admiral. I mean, he's retired. I mean, he was the reason that they put the three-star flag up there in the first place, at least on the, on the flagpole, that is. I didn't know, but even a retired Coast Guard admiral is still afforded the same respect and honor in the same way as though he was actually on active duty. I said goodbye to my fellow recruits. Actually, we were all now seamen apprentices, E2s. At the time, I think the Coast Guard was the only service that promoted you from E1 to E2 right out of boot camp. So, as I was saying, I said goodbye to my fellow seamen apprentices, wishing each other well, hoping we'd stay in touch, hoping I would see some of them again. But as I mentioned previously, after boot camp, I only caught up with two other people in the near future, Mr. Nicaragua and Rafa. These two, although I didn't talk about them a whole lot in boot camp, they kept me out of a lot of trouble, which they reminded me of when we caught up again a little more than a year later. I would, however, meet up with a few other folks that were in boot camp around the same time, just different companies. I walked up to bosun mate Chief Ho. He had been making his rounds, congratulating all the new graduates. I shook his hand. I said, thank you. I walked away. And just as I was walking out of the squad bay door, I turned around and yelled, See ya, Chief! I never saw him again. Roughly two weeks after boot camp, I'd be heading to Key West. And this is where the real adventures of Gonzo, the Coast Guard years, begins. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gonzo, the Coast Guard years, boot camp. 
written and produced by Tim Gonzalez, and I'm Nicholas Gonzalez, the voice. Join us again when we return later this summer for Gonzo the Coast Guard Year's Key West. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.